0: All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockne. Um, Big shout out before I get before I get going. Um, shout out to everybody who watched uh, last episode. Um, it's the first video episode. First guest I ever had on. Shout out Marcus Johnson. Um, again, follow him at the Mark John NFL. Um, check out his new piece on Gruden's issues in the red zone and uh, just the Raiders altogether. Their issues in the red zone last year. Um, Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching that. Um, Definitely got a few new viewers off of that. So welcome. Um, Feel free to check out all the past episodes and uh, watch me contradict them today. And uh, uh, anyways, uh, today, what I wanted to do was I wanted to, you know, originally, when I started this podcast, I figured, hey, it's COVID. Um, You don't know what what what's going to happen over the summer. But by training camp, we should have this all sorted out. And we'll just be doing those uh, training camp day by day type things, right. Or week by week. Um, because we'll have all this access to this information and other than COVID tests and random promotional shoots kind of didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't really know what's going on. Um, I, again, shout out to all the Raiders beat writers telling us, uh, you know, information based on like health and stuff, but you don't, we don't see the practices. Um, I don't believe they're open to the media at all. Cause Gruden's press conference just happened and that all sound like zoom calls. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, it's a weird off season. So today what I, what I figured out or what I figured we would do is probably just do like some mailbag questions. So again, don't have a lot of listeners, but shout out to those who did send uh, uh, mailbag questions in, um, got some good ones. And, uh, before we do that, I just wanted to touch on what this, uh, what this what does COVID mean for this NFL roster? Right. So we see a lot of people opt out. Like the Chiefs. They lost uh uh Damian Williams. He opted out. Uh, running back. That's gonna have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, gonna give him a lot of opportunities. Could be good or bad for the Raiders. I have no idea. Um, both those guys, in my opinion, were gonna do pretty well this year for the Chiefs. But um, you're seeing guys opt out everywhere. CJ Mosley, um, key players, not on the Raiders everybody seems to be in so far um I did think that Mo Hurst was gonna was gonna opt out or at least consider it and maybe, maybe he is I think you have till August 6th actually to submit it to the league but and then after that you cannot you cannot come back um I had actually asked that question to Vic Tafer and he was nice enough to answer and say you once you opt out that's it you don't just get to decide by week four and be like oh man maybe you know they kind of got this thing under control. I, I'd like to get back out there and play and, and you know, and get, get paid. uh. But yeah, I guess that's off the table, which I, I guess it makes sense, right? You know, uh, it kind of makes sense, but um, nonetheless, I, it didn't seem like there was like a great way to play and have it just be, have it work well for everybody, the the team, the players or anything like that. It, it's it's going to be patchwork all year, in my opinion. Um. So again, you're seeing these players opt out, these CJ Mosley's, Damian Williams. Raiders, they had Devonte Booker listed out the, as I don't know if he was COVID positive. I think he was just like either waiting on the test, showing symptoms or something like that. But he was put on the COVID list. Um, now, I don't think any of us thought Devonte Booker was a key part of this team. Um, some people pencil him in as the backup running back. I kind of thought he was always a camp body. Um, and there was still one more move to be made. And I, I will get to that um, later. But I, I, you, it'd be tough to say that the Raiders at least you know, continuity wise and, um, roster wise, it's kind of tough to think the Raiders don't have just a little bit of an advantage right now with all their key players and really just all their players period opting in for the season. They're, they're playing. Um, you have the same quarterback for the that you've had for the last three seasons or last seven seasons, but in this offense, this is his third, you have the same coach. Um, not a really a lot of turnover in the coaching staff in general so you have the same defensive coordinator right a lot of new players on defense but there's still a lot of guys that already know the system right even if they're not starters so to say that this isn't something that you know helps the Raiders as much as you, I don't know if you want to look at it that way it sounds like I'm putting a positive spin on a on a pandemic but really it does I, I see no way that they shouldn't be able to at least start the season hot you know I think the, a lot of these other teams, even though they might have a lot of roster turno- turnover, uh, new quarterbacks, new coaches, whatever, eventually, I think if you're good, you're going to get going. But like the first three or four games, I, I expect, you know, maybe not against the Saints, right? Because the Saints have a lot of their key people still playing, you know what I mean? Breeze, Peyton, guys like that, but playing Carolina week one, they they have new coach, new quarterback, pretty much new everything, you know what I mean? Complete, gutted their team, uh, kind of had to, right? So new defense all all kinds of stuff like that and i'd be hard-pressed to say that the raiders shouldn't be heavy favorites in that game now when it comes to actually playing the game hey all bets are off but but it's all working out to their advantage right now if they have a safe training camp right uh no crazy non-contact injuries like you know we always hate seeing that um you know if if there are covid cases limit the spread right get get the guy isolated limit the spread um but I, you know, look. I'm not saying that they're going to win the division, but th- this should be good for them. The continuity is going to help. As critical I was of Derek Carr, or as I am of Derek Carr, it to say that I want to start over right now in this climate, this type of off season, starting over, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me at quarterback. Now, you know, I, I still they they did bring in a backup for him, Marcus Mariota. So there obviously was a little bit of push um, coming to that, but. Um, getting to Gruden's press conference about it. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. I was asked this earlier by a guy who did submit a, uh, uh, mailbag question. Shout out bourbon Raider. Um, he, he did say, he's like, what is this? Does this season really like count? You know what I mean? Like with all this stuff, all these players opting out, it's not as many players as, as, as we think, I think we just tend to like really notice it when it's a starter, you know, but I, I still think, I still think it's going to be like a, a year of football, definitely an asterisk year, but at the end of the day, look at the Houston Astros got asterisk titles, but there's still titles. They still got rings, you know? And look, I I understand this makes me sound like I'm, I'm predicting the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. It's just not true. But should the Raiders have the start that I think they're going to have and then sustain winning for the rest of the year? You damn right. It counts, you know, like it counts. I mean, yeah, if the Raiders don't win, maybe I might have a few beers and say, Hey, season doesn't count. (laughs) But uh, no, that would just be a coping mechanism. But I, I think the season counts. They're going to get 16 games if they play, I, I think. I think once it gets started, I don't think they're going to stop it. you already seen it with the MLB. Marlins, huge outbreak. Uh, Cardinals had a few players. Philly's got a couple guys sick. MLB's like, look, we're already going. If we are going to cancel it, it was going to happen You know, during summer training. I, I don't expect the NFL, who doesn't have the greatest player safety record, <laughs> right? I don't expect them to just be like, ah, pack it up, guys, few cases. I don't see that happening. One thing you have to realize about the NFL too is it's not the traveling that baseball has. Baseball has a lot of traveling. They're not doing a bubble and they're t- going on multiple road trips. You know what I mean? Multiple road trips a month, lots of flights, and, and you're not really controlling what these players are doing off the clock. Now, I know in the NFL, that won't be the same case either, but I, I don't think the, tra- I think the um, the traveling or lack of traveling in football, I think they're just in and out. They They go to this, I think they go to the, the, if they have a road game, like I think the Raiders in Carolina, I think they're going to be there a day or two before and then leave right after. So yeah, you're going to have people maybe doing Lou Williams type shit, right? <laughs> going to magic city and stuff. And for the wings, of course, um, but the, uh, you're going to have people doing that and there might be some cases with it, but I, I think they're going to get the season then I don't, I don't get the doom and gloom right now. Um, and yeah, it counts. The season absolutely counts. And I think the Raiders have an advantage. So I, I, you know, that's, that's, I I tend to sound a lot like kind of negative on this podcast. Like I know I'm not, I think I'm actually more in the center, kind of uh, uh, a level-headed if you say that much, not that other people are deranged. That's only a small percentage of Raider Nation. That happens to be a very vocal part of it. But uh, I think I'm kind of in the center. But right now, man, like you gave John Gruden 10 years, a hundred million. He's got his team. This is his team, right? He really cars the only guy from the old and Hudson are or, or the only two guys from, you know, the old, the old country, right? The old Del Rio uh, days. Shout out Del Rio. Have you seen his Twitter timeline lately and, and likes? Holy shit. But uh, <laughs> I think we might've dodged a bullet on that one, even though Gruden hasn't gotten off to the greatest start. Yikes with Del Rio. So um, you give Gruden this money. Let him have his team, and Mayox team, I should say. Why not start winning now, right? Right now, I, I think the Raiders have an advantage. Now that advantage can become, you know, a level playing field if if the Raiders don't improve in certain areas, if the defense doesn't crack the top twenty. You know what I mean? If if uh, if Carr just has another kind of pedestrian year like he had last year, that with a little bit inflated stats from safe safe throws in, within the offense, but I don't know. You know, I I, I, I think he's going to have a slightly better statistical year because he has a little more help, right? One could argue he's had, you know, help in the past. Like I've argued, I don't think last year's roster was that bad on offense. Um, just lacked weapons on the outside. That's not debatable. But I think with that added speed this year, even if Carr does have a pedestrian year, that should yield more points, right? Even if you just have the exact same year, I do think there's a few catches that turn into long touchdowns, just simply because they added more speed. The Raiders added more speed in the offseason. So yeah, I, I think this, this is a Raiders are in a position to capitalize on this, man. They're, they're in a, they're in a position to, I think if they get off to a hot start and uh, I had Marcus Johnson on last week, he, he thinks they're getting off to a hot start. I think COVID or not. He's like, look, if you look at the way these Gruden offenses start, they start hot even in 2018, that was a disaster year, 2018, that first Rams drive. You trying to tell me that didn't look like a damn Super Bowl team on that first drive where Lynch is just moving bodies, throwing them around, jumping into the end zone, uh, into the black hole celebrating for about 15 to 20 minutes. We felt pretty special there. So I do think that with Gruden's track record of starting hot and all this continuity, I think the Raiders have a huge advantage with that. Um, now just getting into Gruden's press conference, uh, again, it's kind of stuff that one, it's John Gruden. And if we trust anything, he says, we're letting ourselves down. We're setting ourselves up for failure because I do think he gets off on like having secrets. Um, if that makes any sense. So Gruden comes from like that old, older era, like kind of that, even when he stopped coaching, they didn't really have like round the clock media coverage that we have now. Right. It was that 2008. I think when he stopped coaching got fired and, and went to the booth. He didn't have this like round the clock circus to where I think that first year he was kind of saying like, Oh, I came here to coach, you know, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr and stuff. And then once two of those three guys got traded, everybody was like, Hey man, what the fuck are you talking about? You said you came here to coach him. And he was like, Oh, you guys believe that. And then he doesn't realize all this stuff gets archived. Now I think he gets that. And you notice last year, he had, uh, Darren Waller was like the secret. I think he loved having a secret weapon because he kept, he would talk about it all the time. He's like, hey, you guys, you guys aren't ready for Waller. And everyone's like, all right, David Osbury, I got it. You know, same type like, I, I was the way I looked at it. I was like, look, man, that was kind of, you know, we'll see. If Waller contributes a little bit this year, sure, you can have that as a small victory. Waller was a beast. gruden was right. And I think now he's being very cryptic in his, uh, in his press conferences, which is a good thing. You don't want to leak everything out, but when he's talking about the red zone, right? Like I think he's going to get creative in the red zone. I think that getting Lynn Bowden and guys like that are going to allow him to have special packages in the red zone. I don't know exactly what those are going to be, but he's not going to tell us that right now. He's just gonna say, Hey, we got to get better inside the one yard line. I got to get better. I got to stop selling out on the fullback run and letting the defense just start jumping over the pile and, and taking them down for a loss. Like, I, I do think he knows that we know that that's what step that's what turned them into a below average offense, they could have been above average, had they converted on more of those fourth and ones in the in the red zone, those or those one yard line where they get ston- where they just get stonewalled at the one yard line, just running into a brick wall, you know, and you know, some of that, again, is not having the wide receivers on the outside. But again, there was more creativity that could have been had there. There was more uh there was there. I've seen other coordinators work around this a little bit better than Gruden did last year. So that's just a fact. He knows it. But again, I think he's got a much different outlook now that he's building this team from scratch. Because even in Tampa, he didn't really build that that championship team from scratch. So this would be the first time he's building an actual championship team. The Raiders definitely had a championship level team, which was built while he was here. But you know, we all know how that ended and uh, wasn't pretty. So, this is his first time really building a team like from scratch, right um and I, I think some people are going to disagree with that again, but, like i said I, I don't think he's ever had this scenario where he's going, and we're like, "I don't have Derek Brooks for you, I don't have Simeon rice, I don't have uh you know all these wide receivers I'm trying to blank on the receiver Keyshawn Johnson guys like i, I don't have uh Warwick done, I don't have um all these guys you're starting from the bottom. We're giving you ten years to do it, but I I do think Gruden's you know he's learning to be just a little more cryptic in his in his press conferences. That being said, one of the big things that really stood out to me was when he was talking about Marcus Mariota, and he said this earlier. I think I actually think Mayock said this um, earlier too, and uh, earlier in the season or off season, they said we got to get Mar biggest priority. Let's get Marcus healthy. Which I I didn't know he had an injury last year. I thought he just lost his job. Um, He said he had a shoulder and an ankle injury, which I could make quarterback tough, right? So they want to get him healthy now. My theory the entire off season is that Mariota's here for next year, and I think this confirms it, right? Gruden is saying I need to get Mariota healthy. I need to get him, you know, just make him uh, like a savant with this offense and uh, ha- spend the year learning it. I don't plan on using you this year, right? I, I still think it's Carr's job. There's not going to be a training camp battle, especially not this year. So I think the whole year is just kind of a red shirt year for Mariota. Contract wise, it's weird as fuck to me. So I'll I'll never understand the contract. Again, last episode with Marcus Johnson, we were talking about the same thing. That it is a weird thing to have could be 37 million devoted to two kind of mid quarterbacks. So that's kind of weird. But I think this is going to be like kind of the the MO for Gruden Raider teams now. You know, I think when they bring in a quarterback, whether it be a rookie or even an outside free agent, I think they're gonna like try to redshirt them. Because Gruden's offense, and it's been said before, it's very complicated for someone to come right in and step right in and play. I, I still don't know why. Um, I I should have asked Marcus that last week. Why is it so hard to learn? But I think, I think that's what's going to happen even next year, right? So let's say next year my theory is correct. Let's say they keep Mariota. Carr has that year where it's like, eh, this we're done. You know, they get rid of Carr. They they draft a rookie. Go all in. Trey Lance. Father's and holy. Spirit uh, say they bring him in. They're not going to stick Lance out right away or even let him battle with Mariota. It would be something where, all right, Lance, you're going to take the year, at least maybe half the year, right? It's always accelerated now, the way with rookies in the NFL, they're expected to come in and contribute a lot earlier than they would in years past. But with a Gruden quarterback, I'd expect him to, at least on paper, want to keep Mariota or in this case, Carr, the starter, because that person already knows the offense. The other person is learning. So I don't think you're going to see even if the Raiders do make a quarterback change, it's going to be somebody on the roster right now. That's going to be the quarterback next year. Right. So that always, that stuck out to me because they keep harping on that. Right. Like they're like, we got to get Mariota acclimated in this offense. We got to get hit, get him to, uh, get him healthy, all that kind of stuff. Like it's almost like a red shirt year. So that, uh, for all the fans expecting a like a battle or car to lose his job, at you know, on the first fourth down throwaway, it's not going to happen. So, uh, there was that. The rest of the press conference I thought was pretty average. He was kind of basically saying, like, oh, one thing. I, I, <laughs> PJ Hall is on the hot seat. Holy shit. To me, I, I think that 1000% proves that that was maybe the one pick he didn't make in the draft in 2018. I was talking about it on last week's episode, and we were saying that's a, that's a McKenzie pick. Small school guy, uh, FCS guy, like. <laughs> Um, doesn't quite know how to play football yet. You know what I mean? But he'll learn like the classic second round project pick, the Jihad ward, Obi Melifonwu, woo, Mario Edwards, Jr. Classic. Right. And I think with Gruden was like, look, he was, he came in fat last year. He said overweight, but to me, it was like, Hey, tubby drop a few. That was kind of what he was saying. Not my words, PJ, please, please leave me alone. Not my words, just interpreting Gruden, but, uh, he doesn't, uh, I don't think PJ hall, I didn't think he was going to start on this team. I still thought he was going to be a rotational player, but I think Gruden knows that they blew that pick. And I don't think he necessarily wanted that player to begin with. Um, so I did find that crazy, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm hoping, and he, at the same time, he said, Malik Collins is like, he he's going to be special for the Raiders. He's going to be great. I don't know exactly what the quote was. I don't, I don't remember what he said, but he was basically saying, Hey, you are going to watch out for Malik Collins. That's under the Raider are signing. I completely agree. He brings a pass rush element. This team has not had in a long time, I would say since Danico Autry, but I think Malik Collins is a more consistent pass rusher. So it's been a while uh, since they've had that. So I do want to find a way and I'm not super um, you know, just a disclaimer here, as far as like one tech, three tech, I don't exactly know how that fits. I'd like to see certain scenarios like on third down where they have, um, Hall and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hearst and Collins next to each other at the D tackles with, uh, Farrell and Crosby or maybe key on the outside, whoever's hot. You know what I mean? Um, I would like to see scenarios like that. And, uh, I, if PJ hall doesn't make this team, if he doesn't make this team out of camp, and I don't think they're going to be super uh, happy to cut guys that know this defense because, again, continuity is going to be key. But if P.J. Hall is overweight and doesn't show out in camp, that's a bad second-round pick, man. Like, that's a bad second-round pick. And uh, Gruden just reminded me of that, I, I, I guess. I, I mean, I've always P.J. showed flashes, but it didn't – it never, he was never that like immovable object. He blocked like a million kicks. I remember in college they were saying, look, look, look at this athlete, man. And he can just bench press like crazy. I think he had a crazy combine too, or or something, or crazy pro day. I don't think he was invited to the combine, but um, we're not seeing any of that. And you, you can't, at this point, year three draft position is, mm, cause the guy drafted right after him, Brandon Parker, my least favorite pick of that whole entire draft. And there were a lot of nominees. Brandon Parker and PJ hall might not make this team. I definitely don't think Brandon Parker will. So I expect with Gruden who I think he's very excited about the draft class this year. And as well as the one last year, I don't think he's super excited about the one he had in 2018. I think he knows that was a problem. There's a reason you bring Mayock in right after your first year, because I don't think that was ever the goal to have a GM of this team, or at least a separate one. I think Gruden was fully planning on doing the bill O'Brien thing right? Like McKenzie, I think he was like, look, man, you want to quit now, go ahead, but I'll keep you for the year. Get your money. I'm taking over this thing after. I still think there was a, just a little bit in his head where he's like, I'm running the entire thing because Gruden's a lot more like Al Davis than I, I think a lot of people think. You know what I mean? I think, I've think i heard Vic Taffer talk about this, but I think he, the reason he didn't get along with Al that much, or at least towards the end, I, I think they loved each other, but I think they were so alike. You know what I mean? You ever know, you ever know somebody you don't, like I'm a talkative person, but when I hang out with other like super talkative people, I'm kind of like, uh, what the hell's going on here? You kind of like the person that likes to like listen, eh, make their points here and there. Um, that tends to be who you get along with more. I think Gruden and Al Davis were both just like the same and it, and it kind of bothered them, especially when things started to go a little south. So I definitely think that Gruden wanted to do the same thing where he's like, look, there's a Davis owning the team, but I want to be the head coach and GM. Final say in personnel matters. Um, all that kind of stuff. But I think after that first draft, he was kind of like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. You know, maybe that's not for me. Brings in Mike Mayock, um, has a good draft last year. I think, uh, good to very good. Um, it, it's Cleveland Farrell is still going to have to validate that draft because there's a lot of good players that are going to come out of that came out of that draft. But that number four overall pick is going to have to produce starting now. Um, and then this year, I, th- I think he had a, a really nice draft. And uh, this leads me to my next point. I am, I'm officially, I, I, and I I know I'm like, I'm putting on the clown mask. You ever seen the Mr. Rogers gif where he's, he pulls the clown mask on? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm doing right now. Cause I've been hurt so many times before doing this, but I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I was kind of. Black Pill did the whole thing before. I was kind of just like, man, whatever. We can make all these moves. It's still Gruden's conservative offense. Carr at quarterback. Ugh. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now. You know what did it for me? The the thing that did it for me, and I'm gonna see if I can if I can find it. and I'll show it to you. Was uh was a picture. The picture was of Lynn Bowden, Damon Arnett, and Henry Rux. And it was, it it was like, I think it's just the uniforms, man. The uniforms are what does it to me. Like they, they, that uniform, it doesn't matter. Like Darius Hayward Bay looked awesome in his uniform, man. And like, I, I, he was the bane of my existence for a while. But the fact that these guys are, are like happy to be here. Right. And you you, you tend to think like, why wouldn't they be happy to be here? Like, of course they're happy to be here, man. Like, uh, Uh, what a dumb thing to say. They're being professional football players, but it didn't seem that way in the past. It didn't really seem like Amari Cooper wanted to be here. You know what I mean? At least not right away. And then towards the end, I I think he definitely didn't, didn't want to, but um, let's see. And look, this is a picture right here. This is what I'm talking about. This picture right here. it, It got me the visor and everything. Arnett, Arnett looks the part, man. Like Arnett, Arnett just looks the part rugs i mean let me tell you about rugs man rugs rugs interviews i see why the raiders fell in love with that dude at the combine you know what i mean or i don't know if it was at the combine or or whatever i i think the minute you see like he's an alpha man and i think the reason was he was kind of like small and kind of a deep threat and you don't really see those guys as like oh man that's that's an alpha male man like you kind of see them as kind of compliments in your office not that like number one dog and i don't know if rugs will ever be the number 1 receiver for this team and that's fine as long as they score points as long as he makes that offense explosive that's fine but man he just seems like he's got it i was watching just a like a quick interview with him the other day and man he just, he's like unfazed and i don't know how jerry judy and cd lamb how, what their interviews have been like with their new teams cuz i'm sorry like i I care about, I'm watching more so the Raiders prospects, but I haven't really seen like Jerry Judy, but I don't think there was a guy with a better like personality out of those three guys than Ruggs. You can't tell me that there is. And Bowden and, and Arnett, man, like it just, that looks like Raider speed right there. It looks like Raiders excellence in the new facility. Like it looks like the, the Madden practice facility. Like when you're practicing with your franchise uh, team and stuff, trying to get like skill points and stuff. That's what that, that's where that place looks like. So I might be drinking the Kool-Aid. Like I said, if this defense gets to average, even the, the lower part of average, because it's been that bad to where we're not even near below average. Like we're sunken pit, new floor for, for the rest of the league. Like that's the way we've been for the last, you know, I don't I don't need to say last damn near two decades. Even 2016, the defense wasn't good. So, man, like if this defense gets back to average and this offense just figures it out in the red zone, those are two big ifs. I'm not saying that that's just snap the fingers; it happens overnight. But I'm pretty excited about it, and I do this all the time around this time—that training camp time—kind of just like man around the time a new Madden comes out, and I get some good—you know—that'd be out in a couple weeks, and I play a couple successful seasons with the Raiders. I'm like, no, nah, this is going to work. I'm doing it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and I my record prediction—I'm not going to move off my eight and eight record prediction but I think this is the right group of players to have. I still, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get nitpicky about certain picks. Like the Arnett pick is still a little bit weird to me, but that picture, holy shit, what a salesman he is. If he's, you know, if he's trying to sell us on that pick, he sold me. Cause he looks tight in that picture, man. Let me share, share it with you one more time. One more time. I, I, it's, it's good. It, yeah. Like perfect, perfect salesman right there. Like just, I don't know. I, I, I like the numbers that they picked, like Bowden with the 33. And uh, that was the one. That was the one that did it for me. I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time. It's time to start winning now. And I, and I think, think you're going to at least see glimpses of it. It's going to be an improved team from last year. Um, I'm very critical of Carr, very critical of Gruden, very critical of the defense, Paul Gunther and stuff. But I think they could all at least take inter- incremental steps forward. And just with an, an influx of talent, that's going to lead to more wins you know? So we'll see. I'm ready to be let down again. (laughs) You know, I'm ready for this to all come, you know, bite me in the ass and, and, uh, be doom and gloom. I'll be the first guy that's doom and gloom. Trust me. Like, but right now it's, it's Kool-Aid time. So today, uh, let's get to this mailbag. Um, so I, I just put it out there. I said, Hey, doing I don't, there's not a lot of news from training camp. I don't, I don't want to like bore everybody with just COVID stuff because one, I'll lead that to the people like the Vic Tafers and stuff who actually have, you know, you're not hands-on anymore because of the climate, but they're like directly involved with the team at least. So they're going to be the ones giving you the super accurate stuff on, on that. But, um, yeah, I just want to talk personnel some more, just maybe questions that fans might have. And, and again, I'm not, I don't have the answer. I'm just going to give you my opinion, you know? So, uh, um again please feel free to shit on it. It's funny to me, and uh I appreciate the, the discourse and conversation that comes from stuff like this. So we are gonna start and first one uh let's pull him up. Oh, shout out to Bourbon Raider. Yes, bourbon raider. Uh good follow. Good good follow. Um, this man loves Raider content, let me tell you that much. He's uh I, I think he listens to every Raider's podcast and uh and gives like feedback on all of them so I, I really appreciate him and uh so i didn't talk about this earlier because I, I had a couple questions that i got on it so the he's talking about the jeremy hill signing and i don't know if it's official yet I, I thought they said they were just kind of expected to sign jeremy hill so um we'll just assume that they have for this one so chris at bourbon raider says what are your thoughts on jeremy hill other than being injury prone?" Dude is a beast when healthy. Um, I don't, I'm not super moved by it. I, I don't think Jeremy Hill was bad when he was with Cincinnati. He definitely got overdrafted. I think he was expected to be really good, and he was just kind of, huh? Eh. Him and Gio Bernard, they were fine. He's definitely good red zone guy. He, he knew how to get into the end zone. But, man, he flamed out, and not recently either. Like It's been a couple of years. I know he's had injuries and stuff, but um two things here. One, I think that this isn't the final backfield that we're going into the season with. I still think there's another move to be made. I think there's somebody on another roster that Gruden and Mayock think is going to be cut. And right now they just want to have somebody who can be the backup to Jacobs and kind of like absorb the blow of, of being a Josh Jacobs type runner in Gruden's offense, right? Because right now the running backs, if you took off, uh, if, if, if the Hill thing doesn't happen or didn't happen, um, right now you have Jacobs, right? God forbid Jacobs goes down, but you know, I don't want to speculate on that, but most running backs don't play 16 games a year, right? It's a very, very physically demanding position that takes a toll on you. So let's see if you were to go down you'd have Jalen Rashard, Lynn Bowden, and up until a couple of days ago, Devontae Booker, neither of those guys is a between the tackles runner that Jacobs is. And you kind of have to change your entire run call to cater to that. Jeremy Hill's like a bowling ball, right? I don't know what kind of shape he's in right now. I'm assuming it's good. I don't think teams sign you after two years of being off if you're not in shape, but he, at least you can run the same offense. That you can with Jacobs. You don't have to completely flip this flip the playbook, tear out pages of it, like ah, we we don't have Jacobs. Maybe two weeks from now we can use these plays, but we don't have Jacobs, right? We gotta do these outside runs with Jalen Richard, run out of the shotgun more. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff would have to change if Jacobs goes down. It kind of did last year. Even DeAndre Washington, who I think did a pretty good job. It, it wasn't the same. And I'm not saying you have to have the same production as Jacobs. I just you wanna be able to call the same offense, right? have a nice stable of running backs. You have the other guys who, again, like Lynn Bowden's supposed to be kind of the, what do they call him, the joker. He's supposed to be the kind of wild card where, where you can line them up out wide, line them up in the slot, uh, have two backs. I'm, I'm still hoping to see, you know, Jacobs and him in the same backfield. Like if the Raiders want to run power and just have like that misdirection, you know, uh, fake the handoff pitch outside to him, stuff like that. But he's, you still need a guy who, you know, if Jacobs is tired, right? You don't want to, want to tax Jacobs that hard, man. Like you don't want to uh, wear him down the way they did last year. So you still want a kind of a bruiser, right? Like I wanted Carlos Hyde. That was th- to me, something that should have happened. Bring Carlos Hyde in. And if Jacobs goes down, I'm not even sure it's that big of a loss. Not, not even that Hyde is the same running back as Jacobs. He's not even in the same ballpark, but I think you could still win, right? If you had like a guy like Carlos Hyde. Jeremy Hill, I don't see as that guy production wise, but I, I do think it's better than having Devonte Booker, even if it's marginally. So I hope that answered the question. Um, I'm not super excited about it. Um, I also think that there is another move to be made. And also what, what is this thing with Gruden since he's come here? He's like, wants to like resurrect a running back from the dead. Isn't that so weird? So like he wanted to do it with Lynch, even though Lynch wasn't dead. Right? He played the last year with Del Rio, but he wanted like, Hey, I got the beast, man. I, I came here and coached the beast. And he got, you know, Marshawn Lynch was fine for the Raiders. He played well um, that that year under Gruden. It was definitely fun, you know, fun to watch. And, uh, but then like Doug Martin, like Doug Martin hadn't been good in a long time and you know, he came into the Raiders. I thought he was okay for the Raiders, but like, it seems like Gruden has this like fantasy of like, I pulled this running back from the pits of hell. And now I turned him into a thousand yard rusher, like, like on some like Mike Shanahan, uh, Broncos years type thing. And Hey, if that's what ends up happening, awesome. But I don't think it's the best business plan. I like getting fresh legs back there. Not, not uh, old legs, you know? And, uh, you know, Frank Gore uh, guy, I swear to God, Frank Gore retires two years from now. uh, Gruden will be like, Hey Frank, you want to play again? And Frank's gonna be like, no, I'm 77. Like, yeah. All right. So no, then. Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, that was always so weird to me. Gruden wants to like resurrect running backs from the dead. It still seems to be the case. So, um, again, just summarize the point. I do think that Hill's going to be Hill's a camp body for now. I don't think he's going to be the running. I don't think he's going to be there on opening night or opening day. I don't think he'll be there. Um, and, uh, I think there's another move to be made at that position to get a kind of upgrade from that still a Jeremy Hill type runner, but a better version. Right. So let's go to the next one. And, uh, this is questions kind of along the same lines, uh, but it is uh, a bit different. Um, more comes down to how guys will be used. Uh, this one is from, oh yeah. Hot wheels. Shout out my man, hot wheels. Uh, biggest Padres fan I've ever met. Also a huge Raider fan. And uh, so, yeah, follow him on Twitter That Hot Wheels. Uh, guy's a funny guy. Um, real knowledgeable, too. So he says, how many plays do you realistically see put in for Bowdoin? And do we end up seeing a guy like Hill more than we do Bowden? Um, Short answer is no, I uh, as far as at the end. I think Bowden's definitely got a section of the playbook. But I don't think. The Hill or Booker, whatever. I don't think that was going to eat into uh, Bowden's snaps at all. I think Bowden is here for something completely different than to be Jacobs' backup. You know what I mean? I I think uh, I think I think Jeremy Hill, like I said, is here to maybe be a goal line guy, um, take a little bit of weight off of Jacobs. Bowden doesn't even really have much college film of him taking handoffs, like traditionally as a running back. Most of his is like design runs as a quarterback, right? Which that does translate, but there's still going to be a learning curve as far as like taking handoffs, right? Just even just small things. So he's going to have to really learn how to do that. Um, That being said, um, I don't think that Gruden drafted Bowden without special plans, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't think that he, he drafted him just to, cause again, if you were to do that, and I think I actually talked about this with, uh, uh, with this guy, I, I, he could have drafted Zach Moss. You could have drafted a more traditional running back. What I think Gruden wants to do is turn him into like the Antoine Randall L like kind of the Swiss army knife guy, where even in the red zone, I could see a thing where if car struggles early or even just try it out at once in a while, kind of like the Taysom Hill type role where it's like, I'm on the five yard line, and I have two, three tight ends in there Two uh, Bowden taking the direct snap with Jacobs next to him, kind of running like a read option type thing. I could definitely see that. I honestly, if that doesn't happen, I'll be a little bit, I'll be so confused by why they even pick Lynn Bowden because you have to do special things with him. Cause I do think he can be a special player. I was, I saw a thread from, uh, from BD Williams. Um shout, shout out to him, uh, one of the, one of the best film guys for Raider Falls. please, please follow him. Uh, the, he was saying that like, hey, I'm excited that the Raiders have Lynn Bowden. I think he's a great athlete, but if you look at guys who do these position switches, when they come into the NFL to like these kind of athletic guys that maybe were quarterbacks in college, but they switch to wide receiver and stuff, it hasn't been the seamless transition that you think. You know, like the Dexter McCluster's, uh, even Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is like a like a folk hero, right? But he still isn't like crazy productive, you know. And I think he was, I don't know if he was drafted or undrafted. I think they just brought him in. Bowden as a third round, was a third round pick, the first one of the of the three third round picks. So if you're drafting him, I expect special plays in the red zone. I expect special plays where it's maybe like I formation or, or something like a split back type thing where Bowden and Jacobs are both on the field. And it's kind of like a thunder and lightning situation. I'd like to see stuff like that, especially cause I think Gruden calls a really good run game. So, uh, again, uh, to answer that question, no, I don't believe that Hills presence on the Raiders does anything for Lynn Bowden. I think they were always going to need a, a legit backup to Jacobs, not, and not Lynn Bowden. I, th- I think Bowden's here for something else. And yeah, I, I, I think everyone should be expecting special place for Lynn Bowden, even sometimes where he takes the direct snap. Cause even though he can't throw, I think he could hit like a wide open foster Moreau in the back of an end zone after everybody sells out on a run. I think that could happen. So, um, yeah, let's get to the next question. Uh, this one is interesting. So this is something I've been seeing a lot of people talking about. I'm a little bit confused by the, uh, by the the obsession with this guy. But then I started to realize, okay, Chris Warren, George Atkinson, the third, rest in peace. Um, everybody has a preseason darling, right? Mine this year is Javin White. Like I think Javin White's going to make this team. I think the rosters are going to be expanded. I think he's going to be a good special teams guy. And I think he's going to find a way to sneak onto that linebacker death chart, even though there are big upgrades at the position in the offseason. Still kind of thin, and there's jobs to be won. But this guy is another guy who was undrafted, um, played a little bit last year for the Raiders, had a cut, about one or two big plays. I think one of them was in preseason against the Cardinals. But it's Rico Gafford. And I... Uh, so let me pull the tweet up here. Uh, this tweet is from Idris Gray. At Idris Gray. Uh, he said, Any chance Gafford, Rico Gafford, makes it, on the roster as a special teamer. So I, I, I think they have the returners kind of set set up. Right. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if Ruggs is doing kicks. I don't think he is, but I, I know Bowden's might be doing kicks and punts returning kicks and punts. And then I think Brian Edwards actually has decent experience from what I've read that, that he returned punts and, and I think maybe kicks at South Carolina. Um, and and Nelson Aguilar too was brought in. I I I think Nelson Aguilar is going to surprise a lot of people this year for the Raiders, and that's for another time. I'll stick to the Gafford topic. I don't know if I see it with Rico Gafford, um, and I, I, he seems like a great guy. I see his tweets; like he's really hungry, motivated. I think he's going to. We'll see how big the rosters are. I think the NFL is going to eventually, if they start getting more COVID positive cases, I think they're going to have to expand the roster or maybe like make part of the practice squad active on game day or stuff like that. Like you're going to have to be able to uh, sub guys in and out, maybe have expanded rosters, but the wide receivers on this team, I see, I I think they're going to keep six, right? So I think you have Tyrell Williams, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones. And Hunter Renfro. So that's six. I don't see, a, if the roster stays the way it is, I don't see Rico Gafford getting on there. Um, people talk about his contributions last year. He just, the defense forgot about him and he just was on a fly route and it was cool. I was at the game. That was awesome start to that game. Didn't end well, but uh, I was at that game. I don't, I don't honestly see it. Um, and, and it's a good thing that I don't see it because I remember like, it used to be easy for like two, four or five undrafted guys to make the Raiders. Like year in and year out. And that's what happens when you don't have depth or even an immense supply of talent. So I think it's maybe a credit to what the Raiders have been building that a guy like that can't make this team. Um, my hope is that he's still around for the practice squad. Um, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be in like the high demand that people think he is. Like It's not going to be one of those, oh man, we let him slip away. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. So to answer the question, no, I, I don't think he's going to make the 50 or 55 man or 56 man. I forget what, what they extended it to. I don't think he does. I don't think he makes it. Uh, I think the Raiders go with six, which is already a lot of wide receivers already. Um, and watch out for Nelson Aguilar because everything people are excited about with Re- Rico Gafford, I think Nelson Aguilar can do better and has you know at least had one season in the NFL where he did. And I think this offense is going to do a lot for a guy like that. So I, I think there's a reason they brought him in. In, uh, instead of a guy like Gafford because here's another thing with Rico Gafford so what happens when, look at Darren Waller I, I, went, I said this earlier and I, I didn't expand, uh, expand on it because I did want to save this kind of take for this Was Darren Waller go back last year before Darren Waller has a huge breakout year we're all kind of like whoa let's see what this is all about we're intrigued but damn they really think this is the guy at tight end they let Jared Cook go who I thought Jared Cook was awesome for the Raiders really good. Like I, I thought Gruden did a really good job uh, calling plays to get him open. Um, I thought he made pretty good contested catches. That catch against Baltimore was awesome. And even that first game against the Rams. Uh, I, I thought he had a really good job, especially that second year that he was here um, for Gruden's first year back. I thought Jared Cook was awesome. Then they like let him go. I don't think they even offered him a contract. They let him go to the Saints. and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? They let him go because they thought Waller was that good. And I don't think that the Raiders bring in all this speed, all these kind of little shifty guys like the Aguilores, right? The Rugs and um, Bowden and all that stuff. If they knew they had something potentially special in Rico Gafford. So I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think, again, I, Gruden seems like one of those guys where if you stand out to him, he's going to find a way to keep you. I don't think Rico Gafford's that guy. He's not going to have the preseason to show it, which does suck, right? There's no preseason. Um, I I could take or leave no preseason, but it sucks for guys like that, bubble guys. So, no, I I don't think he's going to make it, and I think we have the return situation pretty set up, which is good because anytime you see Jalen Rashard back there returning a punt, I'm always holding my breath. So, hopefully that doesn't happen this year with Aguilar, um, Bowden, guys like that. So, uh, let's get to the next question. And all right. So this is going to be a two-part question from the same person. There's two tweets. Uh, and this is from Raider Rasta. Another great follow. Um, whatever account he has. I, I know he, he gets himself... Uh, uh, suspended from time to time, but uh, he, he's doing the Lord's work out there. So uh, it's never a suspension that he, uh, it doesn't seem like an earned suspension. More seems like uh, uh, some politicians don't like him and stuff. But uh, anyways, another great follow on Twitter. Uh, so his question is, and I, I think this is a good one. We talked about it a little bit last week, um, but I'll, I'll expand on it. So he says, the Raiders legitimately need to score around 28 points per game to be a serious playoff team which i agree with is that realistic with Carr? so yes uh it's possible uh, how about that it's possible i think i think there is a scenario in which Derek carr has one of those just maybe he's like leap year he just comes down around every so often right like maybe it's like ah hey it's a car good year hey did you know that check your calendar hey hey you know what I mean? Rent's not due today. It's leap year. You know what I mean? It's something like that. Maybe it's a, uh, an off year type thing where it's like, Hey, every three, four years, car's good, <laughs> you know, like, or, or really good. And, uh, so yes, I do think that they can do it. Uh, I think you'll see it early too. I think they will be around that 28 points per game early. Again, this continuity, um, Derek Carr likes to start hot a lot of times too. Um, especially under Gruden, he kind of comes out ripping it right away. And, I do see that at times now again, Marcus Johnson. And I talked about it last week that November and December comes around. It looks like a whole different team. I don't think they're going to average 28 points per game, but I think they'll be hovering around that until they get to that point. And then it's kind of like ugh, the track record on Carr and Gruden in those last two months of the season is not good. Um, so I don't think they'll sustain that high number, but I think you'll see it at times this year. The thing with Carr is, and I see what you're getting at with the question. We, we, we need an upgrade. I agree. We need an upgrade. I don't think it's going to happen right now. I don't believe that Mariota is an upgrade over Carr right now. But there is a scenario in which he does succeed. The problem is, is so many things have to go right. You can't have any injuries on the O-line. You need a healthy Josh Jacobs. You need the whole entire wide receiver core healthy. Like, you're going to need all those things. You need top-tier run, uh, running production. Uh, you need great yards-after-catch guys, which I, I think that's what we have on this team now. But my whole thing with Carr, and I, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people, is that it shouldn't take this much for a highly-paid quarterback who's taking up a decent amount of the cap to be good. Not, not great, good. Right? So I do see a scenario where that happens, but it's just a lot of things have to go right. And even then you still have the months of November and December to worry about. So he had a second part to this question and I thought this was, I thought this was pretty funny. And this is definitely uh, something if you've been on Raiders Twitter before you're well acclimated to this, uh, to these, this faction in Raiders Twitter, it's, it's dwindling. It's not as uh, big as, as it used to be, but it's the car stands. So again, Raider Rasta how will car stand spin that the offensive weapons aren't good enough this year? So I guess what he's saying is how can, so if car has another down year, the team is six and 10, God forbid, I really don't want to go through that again. Hopefully it's better than that. The team's eight and eight, seven and nine misses the playoffs and everybody's going, Hey, let's all right. Time to upgrade a quarterback year seven. That's enough. What's going to happen with these car people who are, are just devoted to car right they're devoted it doesn't matter whether i don't know if it's just the fact that they haven't seen anything better in their life as a raiders fan not everyone was around i, got, I always gotta tell myself not everyone saw the rich gannon raiders i'm i'm getting old so like i understand there's a whole group of people who like the first quarterback they probably saw was like Kerry collins for the raiders so they might again they're probably grading car on a curve but I could definitely see a scenario where that goes bad and these people go rookie wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, Tyrell, Woods, Tyrell you expect Tyrell to be a number one wide receiver or Darren Waller. I mean, are we sure he's not still on drugs? Like I could see, okay. That's not fair to say, but like, you know, did, did he relapse? I've actually seen that take from some, uh, a car Stan on, on Twitter that was like, look, you got to realize he's thrown to a tight end. Who he made him great. Uh, This was a this was a drug addict tight end that Carr made great, which is hilarious because it's like okay, the addiction, maybe it's him shaking his addiction and living sober. Maybe that helped him. Maybe he was always great. You know what I mean? And and the Raiders just lucked out. It wasn't like the Carr doesn't have the reputation of like, hey, go play. You're with Derek Carr in your contract year. Sign a one year deal. He'll put up numbers. Help you put up numbers. Like that's not true. I think it's gonna be quite the opposite this year, right? the whole car stand argument was that he didn't have the weapons which by in large you're basically saying the weapons are make are going to make him right not the other way around what i want is a quarterback that makes the weapons greater right the system right you want to keep your quarterback constant everything else can change right gradually hopefully you don't have too much turnover but you know salary cap league it'll happen but you you don't want to have to be like i need perfect this, perfect that. Because if, if, if it doesn't work out this year, right, and there's a, still a huge possibility that it doesn't work out this year. I mean, I hate, I hate to say it. As much as I am drinking the Kool-Aid, you can't make that excuse. There are no excuses. People still will make the excuse. They're going to they're gonna blame it on something. They'll blame it on COVID. I don't know how, but pandemic offseason, there's your excuse right there. Now, I see that as an advantage for Derek Carr. But there's going to be somebody who spins it that way. And I, I, I just, the, the, the arguments, cause he's so average to me and how people can be so polarized on an average player. Like, I know that I'm sure that's like me just going crazy over like, uh, I don't even know who, who an average, like an average basketball player, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just, uh, like Rudy Gobert, he's not average, right? He's, he's better than average, but like me, just like. Huge Rudy Gobert debates, which there are on NBA Twitter, but like just people are so crazy when they get in debates about it. Man, he, look at this. Look at this PFF thing I found. Look at this. And then PFF says Derek Carr sucks. Ah, not not that PFF. PFF sucks. Like all this debate. When really, how can you see him as anything other than average to below average? Now there's fans that think he's the worst quarterback like going in the league right now. To me, that's just PTSD from losing because um, I, I tend to, I tend to lean on the he's bad side, but there's no excuse this year. There is absolutely no excuse. You do not get seven years with the team with one playoff appearance in a game. You didn't even play the playoffs. Not that that's his fault. I'm just saying we didn't, he didn't even, it's not like he won that playoff game and was like, okay, but we've seen what happens. If he gets to the playoffs, we can, if we get him there, we know he's great. We don't even know that. So there is no excuse. That The car excuse list, the people on there are very loud about it, but that list is dwindling. I used to make excuses for car all the time. I said it before. Andy Benoit. Anyone remember the Andy Benoit tweets back in the day? Andy Benoit used to just be like, man, car stinks. And every flooded his mentions. You don't know shit about football. You know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. I used to do that stuff. But man, there's no excuses. It's time to win. Time to win now. Yes, those are rookie wide receivers, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. That's fine. Hunter, Hunter Renfro was pretty good last year as a rookie. Lean on Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller early, Josh Jacobs, your offensive line. A- and you got to win. Now, again, a lot of it's on John Gruden too, but we've seen this car at the back end of the Der- Del Rio era. And, and at some point, you got to just, just say, hey, man, this is, this is an average quarterback. Do we want to be great at the position? This year is going to say a lot. Now again, it's going to scare a lot of Raider fans if the Raiders go nine and seven, ten and six this year, and Carr gets that second deal. Yikes! To me, that's not a disaster scenario because at least you made the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least you made the playoffs, and he can—he he's shown that he can do it. You know what I mean? But a lot of people just want him out of here, and I, I will never blame anybody that wants a quarterback whose career record is 39 and 55 a record so bad that it's beyond nuance. That's why the debates are dumb to me. It's like, dude, come on. The record is if he was a 500 quarterback, we could have this debate, but it's not. So yeah, I, 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 I think car stands will always be car stands, but the minute he leaves, let's let's not, they're not going to follow him to that next team. That's what a lot of people don't realize. People are gonna be like, man, why don't you, you know you love carr more than you love the Raiders? It's not true. These people love the Raiders, and that Derek Carr is the la- the only non-trash quarterback they've ever seen for the Raiders. A lot of them. Now, some of the guys that are like 50, 60 years old who saw like Ken Stabler and Jim Plunkett, I'm like, what how are you a car stan? Like, Al Davis ain't putting up with that 39, 55 record. Who would have got his ass out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he would have got his ass out of here after probably 2017 I I think he keeps him four years uh, you know because there was a trajectory there and then after 2017 I think he would have been done Al didn't put up with that shit for and and that worked out in good ways and bad ways but you know I I don't I don't blame I can see people why they are so loyal to Carr because they're just like man it could be way worse like honestly yeah but I don't think the record would be you know I don't, I don't think, even if you did put out a worse quarterback than Derek Carr, I don't think the record's that much different than 39 and 55. So this year's going to say a lot. This year's going to say a lot. Every team's got to deal with COVID. Every team's got to deal with not you know their draft picks not really knowing shit about their offense until they go play, honestly. Every team's going to have to deal with that. So the guy, in my opinion, who has one of the biggest advantages in the NFL is Derek Carr. He needs to play better than he did last year. The Raiders need to win more games, and if not, see you later. Don't care what it, the excuse is, even if he does have a legit excuse. Sorry. So yeah. Well, that's it for me, guys. I, uh, I I don't know how long this show went. I'm recording on Zoom now, so I it's a bit different. I apologize if this episode didn't uh, optically look as good. Um, I was trying to pull the tweets up. I'll watch it. Hopefully, hopefully it ended up looking okay, but. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. I am going to keep this up. You know what I mean? I'm going to be doing this again. It started out as kind of just a, let's have fun, see what happens, see what comes of it. I'm going to keep doing it. It's fun. People are, there's, you know, not a lot of listeners, but there's people listening and that's cool. Normally I, you know, when I, I'm just doing this so I don't annoy like my coworkers who don't give a shit about football. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm trying to have the conversation that I would be having at work. And people rolling their eyes like, God, let me get the fuck away from Glenn. Like, you know, what I mean, uh, I lost yesterday again. Stay away from him. I'm having these conversations with you guys, people who actually care, you know. And uh, again, I'm keeping the YouTube thing going. Um, I will keep the audio on iTunes, Spotify. I'm going to have some probably some more guests coming up, too. I really like the way that went last time. Um, again, always I, just because I did a mailbag today. Anytime you guys have questions, just tweet at me. I have no problem. I'm at Glenn Rockne, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. Um, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. I have another podcast called Rare Candy. Um, that's with my co-host, Crypto Psy. Uh, we talk politics, just culture, sports too, anything. Um, so if you want to check that out as well, the link is in my bio on uh, on Twitter. So um, check that out. And and yeah, uh, thanks again. Uh, there's a lot of Raiders content out there. And if you're consuming that, great. But uh, also thanks for consuming the content I put out. It um, means a lot. Thanks, guys.